What's up, Slow Drip listeners? This is your host, Zach. And Matt. And we have an exciting announcement. CisternaCoffeeCo.com is officially up and running. We are live. And everything is in stock. Uh, We've got our mugs ready to ship. Right in time for Christmas. Today's date is December the 7th. Um, So everything is ready for you to go. Um, Bolivian coffee's in stock. Thai coffee's in stock. Everything's freshly roasted. Coffee mugs, decals. Uh, This has been a long time coming. The site is beautiful and uh, ready to go. So... Wherever you're joining us on the Slow Drip journey, whether it's episode one or the end of the season, take a minute and go check out our new website and store and uh, pick up some coffee just in time for the holidays. Mmm, I just got some caramel. I see that. I wasn't going to say anything. I like that. But, yes. I'm telling you, as it cools down... Like, oh, that's good. Wait till you try the medium, because that comes through a lot stronger in the medium. Does it? Mm-hmm. Dang, that's good. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, well, look, man, like I was saying, like, I... Getting started roasting these, just even a, a test roast, like both of the, you know, it was like, I'm so excited to bring the Bolivian coffee to the store because uniformity of, of being, I mean, it, everything about it was premium <laughs> even before we got it, you know. I mean, we've got the best grower in Buena Vista producing this He's coffee. He's got a ton of experience. 26 years of experience growing coffee, producing coffee. He's helping Jim learn how to process and all of that and then it was hand sorted so all the beans are uniform like I sent you the picture just that like perfect jade green mm-hmm. um, and it's I'm excited so you picked up just a slight note of caramel at the end of the light roast I don't I, I, how did I miss that to begin with the it was just as I got to the bottom of the cup, mm-hmm. but it had cooled a, a good bit. So, well, I think that that same taste is in the nose of the medium. Like I get burnt sugar, mm-hmm. like turbinado sugar that's been torched on top of a cream brulee, but not cream brulee. No. The medium is a little bit more robust. Yeah, um, it's a good bit more bold. Yes. Not really chocolatey notes, but... Maybe like a dark chocolate. It's dry. It is. There's. It's dry with burnt sugar or caramel. Just bringing it up a few more degrees takes out that kind of vegetal tasting note. Yeah. And so... Well, let's kick this off the right way. All right. Welcome back to the Slow Drip Podcast. I'm Zach, and with me is my good friend, Matt. Absolutely, as Uh, always. And we are tasting two very special coffees today. These are coffees that, if you have listened to our podcast in the past, we've been talking about this uh, coffee for weeks. 
Um, we just went and picked it up last week in Miami, mm-hmm. and we are we uh, well, I say we Matt roasted it yesterday mm-hmm. while I was working, um, and yeah, these things are it's really good. I'm gonna have the only thing I don't like is that I've got to choose between having a light roast or a medium roast for the next week. Like, because you're making it at home, or no, like, well, I mean, I heck, I mean, I mean you don't have to pick. I mean, I'm talking about in the store, right? Like, which one you want to put in the yeah the shop? Well, these are testing test batches, and uh, well, and this isn't nailed down 100. percent no, so I mean, we no. could. I mean, I could do one at kind of split the difference between these two, and see yeah. um, how that goes too. Hmm. But I'm gonna I'm gonna take the uh, I'm gonna take them and mix whenever I get home. I almost did that too, just to see. Mm-hmm. That would be more like a black and tan type, yeah, blend. But I'm really excited. I'm really excited to get these in the store because they're it's fantastic coffee, yep. uh, you know, all the way around. Um, this one. Takes me back to Lorenzo. Yes. Yes. So that that's the one thing. When I was on my way to Dublin this morning, I had not yet tried the medium roast. I tried the light roast when I got home from the roaster last night. Um, and I tried the medium today on the way in. And my first sip of this medium w- took me back to sitting... In the veranda of the cafe where we got empanadas the side of our heads. <laughs> a drizzly, cool, Buena Vista Bolivian afternoon. With a parrot sitting on my shoulder. With a parrot sitting on your shoulder. And this cup of coffee. Like I I tasted it and it was like a flashback to that moment. Yep. I was like, I'm, I'm back there. And that's pretty special. Yeah. That you can get that in a cup of coffee. Mm-mm-mm. Okay, so a week ago and a day, you dropped me off at my house at 2 a.m. after 36 hours on the road picking up coffee in Miami. It looks like you've been awake since. I, well, and I I do feel it a little bit. As you said earlier, it looks like I, I look the same now as I did then. Yeah. Um, I think you got hit by a truck. Thanks. I feel I feel good. So that's fine. Um, <laughs> we're going to dwell on that. Um, but yeah, so there's been a lot going on in between then and now. And, uh, if you listen to the last two episodes, which were titled there and back again, um, we had this idea to record podcasts while we were driving on the road. May not have been the best idea we've no, ever had. In hindsight, no. Um, and in, in the episode, one of the episodes, uh, we did say, this is the wildest thing we've done so far. Uh, and that might not be something that we do again. But um, as we were preparing to go, one of the things that we were thinking about in that was, you know, kind of what is a motif around there and back again. And, and I kind of had pitched an idea to you that at the time felt like well, a little too, not too serious, but a little a little heavier than the lighthearted banter that ended up being. That it turned out. Right. Yeah. Um, 
So this was sort of planned to be kind of a follow-up episode after those two um, and just kind of talking through some thoughts from the road and, and some things like that. And so um, we're going to jump right into it. Let's do it. Yeah. And I when I when what I had kind of pitched to you and, and we had talked about a, a little bit was, you know, for you and Isaac, both um, in our own spiritual walk, um, there were seasons of life where we weren't walking as closely with God as we would have liked to. Mm-hmm. And then there were seasons of life, I think like now, where we both are kind of pursuing the heart of Christ in a, a new and a different way. And so my, my thought was to kind of kind of dig into um, a little bit of that testimony. Okay. Uh, so... You're nodding at me, but uh, yeah, I don't know where to pick up. Yeah, I don't know. This is a tough transition. Um, this is a tough transition. <coughs> well, before there and back again, what was the episode called that we did? We talked about Indian Springs. Yeah. Oh, the privilege of participation. Mm-hmm. So... That's, I think, why I was nodding at you, because I felt like you shared a little bit of your... Well, in that episode, we talked about... Um, well, and that was a very specific time. That wasn't like a broad... Coming into Indian Springs a year ago and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. So, I mean, if you, if you look at it from that, um, if you look at that time and take into account the rest of my 31 years of existence, that's a very short mm-hmm. 10 days. Um, well, I- Indian Springs was 10 days. The stuff that led up to and after within the last year is still not a lot. Um, there's still a lot more to like the whole... I mean, that's just a chapter in the book. Right. Well, and I think that's that was what I was thinking about this when we were talking about this episode. Um, was I think there are times that in our, our Christian walk, we feel like it shouldn't be a chapter book. It should be, here's the story, and it should be good all the way through. And I think that we we need to acknowledge that, you know, there are seasons in and out that um, we stray and we, we're not as close as we want to be, sometimes by our own choice. Uh, some, well, I think always by our own choice in one way or another, either by um, allowing circumstances to dictate mm-hmm. kind of our heart and our feelings. Um, and then there are others that, uh, other seasons where we feel like we're, kind of firing more on all cylinders, or we are walking more closely. Uh, and that's kind of what I was thinking of, is kind of let's talk about chapters of our lives. Okay. So I'll start by saying, like, I got saved, and I'm using air quotes. Um, I got saved at... I think it was eight. 
Um, but it was one of those things that you did because everybody else in the Sunday school classroom was doing it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I still remember my pastor um, from Sugar Valley came to my house um, where my dad was sitting on the couch in the living room. And he, I remember <laughs> he used to, ha- he cut his finger off with a skill saw doing something. My pastor did, not my dad. Um, and he would always adjust his glasses with his nub. It was just, it was the weirdest thing. And I, like, I remember that specifically. Um, he, um, he came and he asked me, you know, do you, like, do you understand? And I think at the time, I believed that I did, but the further along in my life that I got, I realized that I didn't understand. And I think it's hard to understand that the grace of Jesus is sufficient until you are in need of said grace. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it do- totally does. So, like, um, I mean, obviously, I was brought up in church um, on both sides. My parents were divorced, but didn't matter. Wherever I was, usually every Sunday we were in, in church. I was brought up in church, uh, was very involved in church, um, involved in, you know, the worship team and youth group growing up and, you know, all that stuff. Did all of the checkbox check the box things mm-hmm. Sunday, Sunday night, Wednesday night, that kind of thing. But it wasn't until recently, within the last year, maybe year and a half, that, that I realized that um that it was a passive approach. Um like I I don't know, I was Christian by default. Mm-hmm. And that is not how it needs to be looked at. That's not how it was intended to be. No. Right. But that's how, I mean, that's, you think, I mean, we're in the Bible Belt. So, I mean, there's a church on every corner. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, that's just our, when you think about the Bible Belt, you think of, that's what I mean. That's what I think of. I think of people going to church on Sunday, Sunday night, Wednesday night. They might have a a little evening devotion that they do before they go to bed. Mm-hmm. But other than that, they are living their normal life and they're Christian whenever they need to check a box, and that's about it. And I'm not pointing fingers. That's how I lived. Right. Let me jump in just for a second, because I think that a lot of our, our life experiences are, are similar, and then in some ways they're vastly different. Uh, but uh, two things that you said um, that I just kind of want to talk about, too, is like that term, Christian by default, um, that kind of does resonate, and I think it, it would for, for those that listen as well, uh, 
because in the same way, like I, I was raised in a Christian family and um, was saved at a very early age, um, perhaps didn't understand the fullness of, of what that grace meant as well. And, but we did all the things we were, you know, in church on Sunday when I was old enough to be in the youth group, we, um, were in youth group every Wednesday and, um, and not like it was just to check the boxes, but there was a part of it that was, you know, we're just not going through the motions. Um, there is a feeling of truth and grace and faith. There has to be yeah. a kernel of that, you know, throughout throughout anyone's Christian evangelical walk in life. There is always a kernel of faith um, to it. <coughs> but that kind of passive faith, I think, is something that a lot we fall into a lot. Uh, I think that coming out of the last few years with the pandemic stuff and everything, I think that a lot more individuals are sort of into that or have slipped into sort of a passive uh, faith mentality as well. And I think that's something that we as a modern church, evangelical movement, are going to have to figure out what that looks like coming out. And I know there are plenty of better minds that are working on that and talking about it. And, um, and then I know there are others that may not be the right mouthpiece, mm-hmm. you know, kind of championing it as well. I mean, there's, as we get further along in the historical timeline, there's more and more information available through social media. Um, anybody can become a mouthpiece. And so I think it becomes more important to even define what you believe and who you're going to listen to. Um, as we as we go forward, but I would say that, like you you were saying, um, growing up kind of was a there was some passive faith um, in my own life as well. Well, and I think <clears throat> last year, I guess probably two years ago, not really. I mean, it all came to a head last year, but. Amanda and I both felt like we were, and I mean, you and Iris may have felt the same way, um, because we're kind of on the same plane, like in, um, in the sense that we realized and changed when we did, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Um, I think Amanda and I both realized that, like, we were... Like, we felt stuck spiritually. And we talked about that a couple weeks ago on privileged participation. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, it didn't matter. Like, it didn't matter what we did. We couldn't move forward. And, like, it's there was there was never any resolve. And it was... I don't know. It was disheartening. Um, and I don't, I don't know what ever clicked to make us realize that we kind of flipped everything around and instead of making it about us or what do we need to do uh, to make 
to make our spiritual life better. Um, it just, I don't know, it just kind of flipped around to, well, how can I better serve you, Lord, mm-hmm. instead? So it's left less self-serving and self-centered than in years past. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually having a conversation with somebody at camp. I won't say their name because they don't know that we're talking about them. They listen to the podcast, but he'll he'll know who it is. But uh, I don't want to call him out. But um, I don't. I mean, I don't think you would mind because we had this conversation. But he was in. He is in the same position now. Than I that I was last year, where you just feel like you're spinning your wheels. It doesn't matter. Like you just feel empty and like nothing you do matters. And like there's got to be more purpose. And I don't know. Maybe this can be some encouragement to him. Um, just keep going. Because I don't envy where you're at. Um, I don't. It sucks. There's it's shit. There's no other feeling in the world like it. And it is it is a mood killer. Like it, I mean, to realize that you aren't doing what you're created to do but you can't figure out how to do what you're created to do. Mm. You can't figure out your direction. And a lot of times there's nobody to talk to about it. And I think that's, that's, that's one of the biggest um, tragedies in all of this is that it's not really something that's being talked about. So let's go back because like that, that feeling of being stuck in your Christian walk is a real feeling. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think even, you know, maybe even a few steps beyond that, if you if you stay there, if you're resting in that, well, I'm, I'm stuck and I don't know what to do, um, then the next natural progression is just to kind of start living however you want to. Exactly. And that's where it gets dangerous because then you start really slipping away much faster um, but what you were saying too, within that, like feeling stuck, um, <coughs> you good? I couldn't, <laughs> yeah, I could cut that out. I'm sorry. Um, no, nah, I'm gonna leave it in. But I think that it, it's, it's okay to recognize that we all within our Christian walk feel that feeling of being stuck from time to time. And like well, I love what you said too. Like trying to figure out what am I created for, right? Mm-hmm. We were all created intentionally, uh, and and for specific purposes. And you know, one of the things that I have preached on in the past is that the greatest gift that we can give the world is to fearlessly and courageously seek out what God created us for. And each and every one of us is different and unique. You know, we go in in Psalms, we're reminded uh, that that we were pre-known and that we were created uniquely and 
we have to hold on to that. We have to remember that. Um, and then to seek out and try to figure out what that is, what that calling is. It took me a while to figure that out. Mm -hmm. And then it took me a while to live out the fullness within that, even after, you know, talking about it, you know. So a little bit more of my, uh, my testimony, I guess, is, you know, saved early on in life. And, and then it took me some time to really figure out what that grace meant. And so later in my young adult uh, walk, began to really feel kind of the weight of grace um, and the whole like, yeah, my sin was the reason that you had to die as a sacrifice. How does that affect what I do, what I say, my actions? Mm-hmm. And so kind of feeling the weight of grace and kind of, you know, add that in. Like that's one more piece to this whole, you know, wh- it's not a puzzle, but one more one more step or one more piece in, in the, the Christian walk and in, in what faith looks like for each and every one of us. Uh, and then even in that, you know, there were seasons of life where I really just rested in grace and, you know, or what I thought was, you know, resting in grace and, and just making and living further from God and, and making decisions and choices of whatever I wanted to do instead of kind of passing it through that filter of like, okay, God, who are you in, in my life? What are you calling me to? Um, and, you know, I, it, I think all of it ultimately is a process. There's no... Um, well, and it's not going to happen when we want it to or when we think it will because... Like, our time is different than God's time. Well, A, God exists both inside and outside of time, so. But that's something completely different for us to talk about later. But, like, of course it's not going to happen when we want it to happen or when we think it should happen. Mm -hmm. Because we're not the one that created the timeline. Right. You know? Mm -hmm. And I think think that... um, when we feel stuck in in whatever time and space we're in, in our walk or whatever, that's when it's easier to become more passive. Mm-hmm. And a Christian by default. Right. And then I think, too, within that, I think part of what leads to that is this whole kind of thinking as though it's not a chapter book, but it's here's the whole story, right? You know, and, and not recognizing that our lives are dynamic. Mm-hmm. They were created intentionally dynamic. And, and you and I've had conversations about that, you know, even on the road, uh, coming back from Miami of like, man, I just, I wish I could take time back. Uh, mm. I wish I could do things differently from what I know now, what I've learned, what God's allowed me to walk through 
there's a lot that I wish that I could I could do over or do differently. And so when I was younger, you know, talking about that weight of grace, you know, feeling that that weight of grace as a young adult and, and had the full understanding of what Christ's sacrifice was for my own life and feeling that. Then getting stuck again into like another season of passive Christianity um, to now coming full circle to really feeling like I'm living out my calling and recognizing that it is, it is unique. It is different. It's not for the faint of heart um, in some ways. And that's, but I know that's what I was created for, yeah. you know, and, and what I'm talking about is what does it look like to be an itinerant missionary and to be abroad in countries that some we can talk about, some we may not be able to talk about where we're, I'm going, we're going, um, and to be away from my family and, and kind of right on the edge of some things. And, uh, and so like, that's what I mean. It's not for the faint of heart. And that's the beauty of it all is that we're not all called to do that. We're not all created the same. If everybody was a leg mm -hmm. in the body of Christ. Right. Exactly. So yeah, there is, there is some, some unique difference as i <coughs> as i've kind of thought through it um and we talked about this this was sort of the the catalyst for there and back again again kind of bringing back to this this episode so we, we were having some kind of heavy conversation in the car and i'd been driving for a while you were kind of taking a nap and <laughs> then you you woke up and you are you good and i'm like yeah i'm i'm good but um, it's like I woke up to a different person in the truck. Yes, in some ways. Um, well, I'm learning that on long stretches of highway, God often speaks to me in different ways. And and so I w we talked about it, you know, wrestling with um, the fact that there's the real reality is, is that you can't. You can't get the time back, right? The things that I wish that I could do differently, uh, the seasons of life where I wasn't living out my full purpose, my full calling, I can't get that back. And in this season of life that I'm in now, processing that, um, I've kind of come to a realization of a different definition of grace. Uh -huh. And it... For me, it goes back to uh, Chronicles of Narnia, and you know I've shared this with you. It was kind of the other big road trip mild marker in my life was when I was in Kenya last November, and that kind of some experiences where God showed up in some very real ways and spoke to me and and got my attention and. You know, I was really wrestling with a lot of things. And as I was coming through and processing and wrestling, you know, some of these decisions, and like, I just wanted it to be my choice. And, um, you know, God being so gentle, you know, just, yes, it was always your choice. You just chose wrong. <laughs> and, you know, then that, that, that realization hitting me and going almost like, what? Are, what have I done? You know, not like 
what have I done? What have I done? But it's like, man, I feel like there have been seasons of life that have been a waste that I can't get back. That I wish that I had, if I'd known then what I know now, how would I have done things differently? And and God spoke through C.S. Lewis and the Chronicles of Narnia. And you know I'm a huge C.S. Lewis fan. Anyway, um, nerd. I would almost go that far. <laughs> I mean, I can quote passages of each of the books. I'm well aware. Um, but in in Prince Caspian, there's this beautiful scene where Aslan the lion shows up to Lucy Pevensey, and he has made himself known. He's made his presence known to her mm-hmm. and called out to her to follow. And she doesn't. You know, she can't. The others that are in, in, in with her, her brothers and sisters, and um, the whole group, they, they won't listen to her. And so she kind of, she gives in and, and she doesn't follow. And then later on in the story, she shows up and she has this beautiful moment and this beautiful scene talking to, to Aslan and um, basically says, well, what would have happened if I'd followed you the first time? And this is what has become the definition of grace for me and just what I'm, I'm resting in right now and trying to figure out in my own life is that you know, Aslan says to her, he says, you know, my child, no one's ever told what would have been. And what a picture of grace. Because for me, as I wrestle through what would have been if I had lived my life how I I wish I had now. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'd been a better husband early <laughs> in my marriage or, you know, could have been a better father at different times, you know. And then we have Creator, Elohim, you know, my son. No one's ever told what would have been. And what a picture of grace that is for me in this season of, as I kind of wrestle with that. It's like, okay. Um, I still wish I knew sometimes. I wish that I could kind of turn back the clock. Yeah. But uh, we can't. Well, you know, we were reading in our Bible study group last night. And we're going to talk about this in next week's episode too, but I think it fits super, 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 super well with what you're talking about. Because you keep talk, you keep going back, and I, I mean, of course, like after the fact, we always realize what we would do different, and we always wish that we could go back and change things. Like there are a thousand things that I would change just within the last year of my life. Mm-hmm. But that, I mean, if you go back and you look at the main purpose of us as a creation, and you look at the final commandment that Jesus gave before he ascended into heaven, that was, go and make disciples of all nations. If our main purpose is to share Jesus and is to push discipleship, and the only way that we do that is through community, right? But if you had made the correct decisions then, 
would you appreciate grace as much as you do now? A. And B, you now have the, you now have the ability to share your experiences with people who are going to be going through them eventually too. So this is uh, Dane Outland. This he's he's got a quote. And I'm going to read it. It's um, <clears throat> it is difficult to know the true spiritual state of those who have only known the mountaintop, but never the valley. Only ease, but never pain. But there's a strange encouragement in the distressing afflictions of the Christian experience. This is safe ground, for this is the path Christ walked. And in finding ourselves on that path, we know we are not fair-weather disciples. Hmm. And, that, I mean, of course, in hindsight, after the, sm- uh, after the smoke is cleared and, and everything is, like, you, you have clarity, mm-hmm. like, of course you would go back and you would, you know the decisions that you would make because that will come. But... That's not for you to know, right? Until after the fact, right? You know, um, but like, are we, are we true disciples? So, but like taking that opportunity, like, um, there's a, there's an opportunity of real life application now. Mm-hmm. You know, well, and I do know, and specifically because a lot of those early trials were things that I created, right? You know, and I think that's there are trials that we create for ourselves in seasons where we're not walking as we should, and then there are other things that um, are trials in our our walk that we didn't create, and in both represent unique opportunities to come back to the Father mm-hmm. or to rest in the Father. Um, and I think that's kind of the the back again of there and back again is our, our life timeline is dynamic. You don't get saved and then just download all of this and now you know how to walk and live, you know, I mean, and there, and there are some individuals that from that moment, they get a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of running through the Rolodex in my mind of scenarios and, and people that I know or, or have known. Um, and, and some, some do really get it well. And, and, and I mean, when I say that they get it, I mean the everything about our walk in faith. Um, I like what you said about the, the life as a Christian. Like you don't immediately, like not everything's immediate for you. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a timeline. There's the first point of justification mm-hmm. um, and, and grace that was shared, the gift of grace that was shared, and understanding that it was my sin that held Jesus on the cross. 
And then there's the end point when we die and we finally are with Christ. Mm -hmm. But all the time in between is just a long stretch of sanctification. And it gets messy. Very. And, and, and that's, that's what I'm really loving about it now is that there's hope in the dynamic mess because he's always calling, right? Mm. He's always calling us back when we slip, when we, we step away, um, when the trial comes and we don't react the way that we, we should, or the trial comes that we've created, um, in this whole messy timeline that is each of our own lives. Um, there's kind of a cool part of it that the true grace is that we keep moving forward and we're not shown, well, listen, if you had gotten it right the first time, this, this, and this wouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. Or this, these other things that were greater would have happened. You know, we can, we can kind of rest in knowing that's not for us to figure out. Oh, and it's... It's just we control our reactions, and we control if we if we answer that call to come back. Right. Well, and it's less on what we do because it's not our like. There's zero chance of us getting into heaven off of our own work. Mm-hmm. It's not anything that we did. It's what Christ did for us on the cross. And, I mean, of course, we have the choice to to make, to live on mission and to reflect Christ in our life, but resting in the fact that we know that it was Jesus, it wasn't us. It doesn't matter the decisions that we made because they're all washed away. They're mm-hmm. all clean, and I don't, I, that that there is probably the hardest thing that I've ever had to just accept. That not not necessarily that that the blood of Christ is sufficient, but that I was worth it. Mm. That was that's that's a difficult that's that's heavy. And why wouldn't you want to share that? Right. You know? Absolutely. It's interesting that, uh, and it's it's a it is a cool cool part of of all of this as we kind of try to come to a close and, and and wrap this up. The things I think what's cool is there are a lot of parts of you and I's 
walk that are similar. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot that are, are different in different seasons. Um, and then there's also in this moment, in this kind of dynamic moment that we're talking about, there are truths that both of us that are resting in that are different, that our creator is holding us in for a season. You know, for you, it's the just kind of basking in the reality that you were worth it and and the weight of grace there um, that you you were worth his sacrifice and then of course why wouldn't you want to share that and then I think you know for me resting in the grace of you're not going to be told what would have been Mm-hmm. You know, sure you can you can look back on your life, Matt, and and name a dozen different points where you would go back and change what you did, but you can't now. What I'm given is how to take that, and like you've reminded me, you know, how to use that moving forward, how to how to how Christ can redeem those areas of life to help and share with others and uh and so i think that's just as you said that it was it was worth noting because i think it ties into this kind of dynamic that we're talking about with all of our 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 faith walks each and every individual that is on the the uh the journey with christ right and then it's a journey it's not you look at it, his examples it's not come to me and you've arrived you know you look at how he his ministry with his disciples it was on a road trip it was on the journey that he was teaching them and that they were learning and um and so kind of bringing it back full circle to time on the road, there and back again. We live dynamic chapters of life. And when we look back, there are some chapters we're really proud of. There are some chapters that we're not so proud of. Wish I could cut out. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But the ones that we're not so proud of are redeemed. Yeah. And... Uh, the ones that we are proud of, I think, are also equally valuable. So, wherever you are, if you're listening to this episode and you're, you're maybe trying, you're traveling down the road, yeah, and you're trying to figure out um, where where you are in all of this, I hope it's encouraging to to hear a couple of other guys that haven't figured it out entirely, but <laughs> are trying to and. Uh, um, and know that it is a dynamic journey. Um, and if you're feeling stuck or like you're, you're struggling to, uh, to figure out what you're calling your purpose uh, is, like Zach said at the beginning, just keep going. Um, 
I think in, if anything to speak to that, I think just keep going, keep keep trying. Um, there's there's a, a there's something to the diligence of mm-hmm. of, of keep working, you know, keeping at it, uh, even when we don't feel like we're seeing any fruit. And I think in this last something, Amanda and I were there. We were there for multiple years. Mm-hmm. This isn't something that gets resolved in a couple of weeks or days or right. hours. Yeah, that's, the hardest that's part is realizing that you're there and withdrawing from yourself enough to let God do the work through you, mm-hmm. not trying to do stuff yourself. Mm-hmm. And just being willing. Yeah. Being, I mean, it. you may not want to do things, but stepping out in obedience is a, that pushes things forward a little. Absolutely. A little more than you think it would. I think it's a good time for a break. I agree. Let's take a break. <laughs>